Thanks for listening to the ADC podcast, and we're here with a little soundbite featuring our own Craig Evans. So, Craig, this past week NBC ran a report on an archaeological finding in Israel. Can you tell us a little bit about that archaeological site and what they uncovered? Uh, yes, Danny, they have. I was very pleased to see that. It was NBC News Online just last week. Uh, the report uh, was fo uh, focused on the dig, the archaeological dig at Mount Zion. That's a place that's uh, at the south end of the old city. Today it's just outside the wall, but in the time of Jesus it would have been inside the wall, a little bit southwest of the Temple Mount. Now this region uh, is uh, an area where uh, the wealthy lived, including ruling priests. Well, in any case, what happened was we dug there for four weeks. We found uh, endless pieces of pottery. We found uh, dozens of coins. We found some Roman-era glass. We found some animal bones. All of this is of great interest for study. But in the fourth and final week, we reached a tiled floor. And this is from the first century uh, A.D. or perhaps the first century B.C. And realized we were in a very upscale bathroom in what would have been a mansion and complete with a plastered bathtub and that was very exciting we realized we may have found what we were looking for the home of a very wealthy person perhaps a ruling priest so what's your connection to the dig exactly well actually i'm not the archaeologist i was just a, a volunteer and two uh, students came with us uh, one student who had finished his mdiv and ma degrees at acadia and now is my phd student in england another student a current ma uh, in, in the MA program was with me. And so the three of us were volunteers. There were about 40 volunteers in all, half of them university-age people, the other half moms, dads, and grandparents. And it was under the direction of, of uh, Shimon Gibson, who's on the faculty of the University of North Carolina at Charlotte. And so the, uh, and plus his PhD students who were his assistants, there were four locations or loci where we dug, and this got underway in June and ended in early July. So it was an official sanctioned dig at Mount Zion, and uh, I'm very excited about the results. So that, that ADC alumni, that was Greg Manette, and our current student is... Kale, Kale Clark. Kale Clark. Hey, they're good diggers. We had a good time. You work an inch at a time, inch by inch, you work your way down, and we cleared out uh, two or three meters uh, in our dig sites, and the discoveries were simply breathtaking. Great. So further work will continue to be done there, I assume. And uh, I know that you've kind of cautiously suggested already that this may be a house of Caiaphas, or at the very least will shed light upon a figure like him. So what do we know about a person uh, like Caiaphas, both from the Bible and from archaeology? Well, of course, in the Bible we're told that he's a high priest, and he's the son-in-law of Annas, uh, who had been a high priest earlier in the first century. We're also told that this same Annas had five sons who served as high priests in the first century. Josephus, the Jewish historian, tells us about this family, that it was a very powerful one. Everything we read in the New Testament agrees with that. In archaeology, we have found what could well be the ossuary, the bone box that held the bones of, of Caiaphas, his name, Joseph Bar Caiaphas, is actually inscribed on the box, on the end, and on the back. Now, just to, I think, add confirmation, just in the last two or three years, another ossuary was found, and it's the, it's, it's, it was a woman by the name of Miriam, and she is the granddaughter, it says, 
of Caiaphas the priest. So I think that gives us confirmation that we now uh, have uh, physical and artifactual remains relating to this man Caiaphas. The beautiful ornate ossuaries, of course, uh, indicate the upscale high standard of living that they enjoyed. Hmm. And so what does this just tell us about priests in general in Jerusalem, That these kind of findings? Well, it tells us where they lived, near the Temple Mount, the most expensive upscale neighborhood in Jerusalem in that time. Uh, the ossuaries and the tombs themselves show us how wealthy they were. It underscores the great divide between the super-rich and powerful Jewish aristocracy on the one hand, who collaborated with the Roman authority, and on the other hand, the more modest, the poor, the middle-class uh, uh, Jewish laity, you might say, among whom that, of course, would include Jesus, his disciples, and his following. And it's a bathtub. Is there a is there a possibility or is it reality that they would have something like running water in that house? Well, the bathtub, probably not. Uh, my examination of it, servants would pour uh, heated water into it. Yeah, okay. And after the bath, they would scoop it out and discard it. So uh, there's no indication of that kind of plumbing, although sometimes we do find plumbing, aqueducts, and, and that sort of thing. There also in this home is a mikvah, a ritual bathing pool. And uh, which would also be uh, filled and, and water changed by hand. And that's where the servants come in. Wow, interesting. So for students who are interested in this type of dig, are these digs, is that particular dig still going on? or? Yes, it is. Uh, this dig has been uh, renewed for five more years. I think it's a dig that's very worth participating in. Next year, 2014, it'll be the same time in the months of of June and July for four weeks uh, would be my guess. Also at the same time there's a very exciting dig going at Magdala which is in Galilee. This is the first century Magdala which scholars have been looking for for decades. Uh, we have found the uh, city of the time of Jesus and Mary Magdalene and that's what her name means Magdalene. She's from Magdala. We have found the synagogue and uh, I'm hoping to participate for at least one week digging at Magdala. And, of course, I and other students want to return to Mount Zion for a week or two of digging there. So is there requirements if students are interested in doing something like this? Is it just a matter of contacting that team? Do you have to have certain credentials? How does that fall? No out? credentials are required, but, yes, you do have to sign up for it. Uh, there are uh, special discounted rates for staying in a nearby hotel and a, a lot of other perks that come along with it as being a volunteer. A volunteer student who signs up like this uh, has to agree to serve at the site for at least two weeks. Okay. And uh, I'm looking into the possibility of, of an elective course credit being established for students who want to do that. Uh, the archaeologists uh, get, you know, extend, extend privilege to me and allow me to come and go as I please and dig a few days and go somewhere else. But uh, I found it a very pleasant experience. We get up real early in the morning before the heat of the day. At noon, we're finished. Uh, so we work five, six hours. We just love it. I didn't find it uncomfortable or difficult. It's not dangerous. The fellowship was a lot of fun. And, and just about every spadeful of earth unearths a piece of pottery or something. The metal detector people are walking around. The beeps go off. You start digging, you find a coin. It really is a lot of fun. It's very gratifying. And from the sounds of it, for people who are listening, there are people of all ages there. 
Oh, yeah. Everywhere from 17, 18 years old, that would be at the young end. Our oldest uh, gentleman uh, who was with us was 78. Wow. And just for those who haven't been there, too, what's the process? Like, when you uncovered something there... In, in a patch of dirt, what what happens with it right away? Does someone take it and fly away immediately, make sure you don't contaminate well, anymore? Well, most of us are trusted. Uh, we have two two buckets, a blue bucket and a black bucket, and there are dozens of these. If you find something, and that's always pottery uh, or a, a piece of stone that has been sculpted or, or uh, engraved, you put it in a blue bucket. Debris gets placed in a black bucket. But if you find a coin or animal bones... Those get reported immediately, and they're bagged and tagged. Uh, and, and glass, also, if there's something very fragile like that, bagged and tagged. Now, even the black buckets with the debris are taken over to a sifting station where they're carefully sifted, because sometimes within that are interesting little tidbits, including coins, that often come to light when sifted. Wow, that's interesting. I'm, I'm excited to go one day myself. Well, thanks very much, and hopefully people listening are excited about doing something like this and, and listening to the further news that's going to come out of Mount Zion. Thanks a lot for listening. Bye.